0: Welcome to Monday's edition of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. The top flight season is finally over. Um, We have one more match to go, which is tonight in the playoffs for the championship. But I am joined today by, I wouldn't say crestfallen, but maybe someone who over the last few years is maybe getting used to defeat against the old firm in the Scottish Cup Finals. It is uh, Craig Cairns. Hiya, Craig? A pessimist is never disappointed Tony. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you that that is that is normally how you roll? Eh? You're not one for the bravado. I'm cynical you know, as like, fuck. I'm, I'm too cynical
1: yeah. for my own good.
0: Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. I always, you know, you know my way. I always good, regardless of what I actually think. Just go balls out. That's how I always approach everything for a team that always loses in these big games I actually find out that that's actually almost a defence mechanism in itself <laughs> uh, uh, rather than, than than going the other way and like Joel I always find Joel flip flops he likes to play he always acts like a shit bag when it's the derbies, which is bizarre because it doesn't suit his personality and he would normally be able to have such a swagger on a Monday after <laughs> uh, uh, that but yeah Fowler's screamingly logical at all times lives very much in the in the real world, uh, and you you go for the sort of pessimism all the time. And were you right to be pessimistic? What was uh, what was anything before the game when you saw the team? How did you feel? There was a lot of players. Obviously, there was a lot. Me and Tom spoke about this on the on the preview show. I found that the hardest preview show ever to do for Rangers and Hearts, trying to work out how they'd be playing and how they'd approach it.
1: No, you're totally right, because uh, obviously Rangers had a European Cup final that went to extra time in midweek, and Hearts had half half their squad coming back from injury almost. So, yeah, I mean, I said to you guys at the time, I thought it was a risky team, because it looked like we had put out our best 11, yes, but we had put out a lot of players who there were potentially questions over their fitness, and... I mean, fair play to Halkett. He was brilliant and um, faded towards the end, which you can't really uh, fault him for. And obviously Devlin, he was given a role where he had a lot to do and he was never going to last the, the 90 minutes doing that. And I, I, but I think, so I think that looked quite risky because I, I was determined that it was going to extra time. I just, I had mm. I had it in my head that it was going to extra time. Uh, Rangers have just done it a lot this season and I thought I thought about Rangers more than I did about Hearts. So I thought it was quite risky because you're never going to be able to make enough substitutions to compensate for that and Rangers just have a deeper squad. And let's just say before before I get to any negatives about Hearts, Rangers won the game because Rangers are the better team. I don't think there was really too much in the game. I mean, I know Rangers controlled large parts of the second half and They've missed a couple of sitters, and on another day, or if they don't play in midweek, then maybe they win that game three or four nil. Yes, I get that, but over the ninety minutes, there really wasn't too much in it. I guess it was quite a boring game for the neutral because the second half was certainly quite boring. But when you're invested in it, it's definitely more, more entertaining. But um, I, I just think that in the end, hearts were just too negative. I thought I, I, I know that we went at them at the start, and it didn't really work out, but we we were a flat back five for a lot of the time and they didn't have any recognised strikers. And mm. I, I felt like, from an outsider, it looked like it was just trying to get all the best players out on the park rather than have the the best system. And I mean, listen, he tried something different and he he'd obviously worked on it and it worked to an extent in restricting Rangers uh, getting the ball uh, into their midfielders. It really kind of restricted them to doing that in the first half. But... I mean, ultimately, we didn't have a shot at goal, and I feel like that's almost unforgivable in a cup final. I mean, you turn up all that build up, and you don't even test the goal, the, the sub goalkeeper. It's just it <laughs> it it's, it really puts a bit of a, a damper on. I mean, it's 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 not taken away anything from it. It's still been a great season, but I mean, I, I suppose it puts a, a wee bit of a, a wee bit of a damper on it because there was a there was a lot of build up. Rangers were there for the take in, and we didn't really lay a glove on them.
0: Um, yeah, I agree, I agree with, with lots of that. I know Fowler, Fowler took to Twitter, as always, uh, around seven minutes past one in the morning, <laughs> uh, which which I got excited about when I saw it coming through when I was lying in my bed. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I agreed a lot with what with what Fowler said. I think he made a really good point about, um, obviously, they have the best nutritionists and the best so the fitness coaches. The money doesn't just stretch to what's on the park it's the the whole thing and and I thought that's that's a really really fair point but I still think he, he sort of wanted to negate no blame and no sort of there was no blame for the manager there was no blame for anyone and, and it was just what was inevitably almost going going to happen uh, and and I sort of disagreed with that a bit I think there, there was a clear game plan which he pointed out hearts tried to take advantage of the of the tired legs they really wanted to test it the Hearts really wanted to go ahead. I think they wanted to test Rangers' legs when they would be forced into chasing a game. But I even th- what I didn't like is that Hearts didn't do that in any sort of stages. They sort of really, really blew their beans in the first forty-five minutes, and it was really, really intense all the time. And they didn't really, still didn't really create too much. I mean, obviously the Sims' chances—I didn't realize they hit the post until I watched it back. Yeah. He's, he, it's, it's a golden chance, and he and he needs to use his his left foot. And if he uses his left foot, he doesn't need any power. It's gonna it's going to be a goal, and that is sort of like a huge chance. And but I still don't think that would have been enough. I think for that game plan to work with what Nielsen's doing there, what looked to me his as as he had to go two or three goals up in that first half because he was laying it all out there. I said before the game again, I don't want it to make it sound like hindsight because it wasn't that I would have been keen. If I was Hearts to leave Devlin on the bench and use him as as the thing, the weapon to go again in in the second half, where he, him coming on in his style and aggression would, I would guess, in a later stages, maybe after an
1: hour, would buy Hearts five, ten minutes of momentum. And- I, I can kind of, I can kind of the, the, to kind of stick up for Nielsen a wee bit, and, and specifically what you're saying there about Devlin, but maybe it speaks about a few of the others as well, is that at least when you start them, you have control over how long they play. Whereas mm-hmm. if you bring them on as a sub, then you don't know whether you're, I mean say they've got a good half hour in them, right? And then you don't know beyond that. Then, okay, you can bring them on for the last half hour, but then there might be another half hour after that and you might have to use another sub or or you might have to have a tired, tired player out there. So I think Nielsen was kind of damned if he did and damned if he didn't a little bit when it came to the, the selecting the, who he selected. But, I mean, that, that was the gamble we took at the start of the season and it largely worked. We went with a... Mm-hmm. Small squad, and we just didn't have anybody to bring on. That's the other factor: is that they bring on Kamara and Jack and Wright and two yeah, of them yeah. score, and we're bringing on Ginelli and GMS, who've barely done anything all season, to be honest.
0: Yeah, no, no, it's it's totally fair, and that's that's. And this is where I think there's a line because I thought, like, not to heart but the fellow, just obviously, I saw him make quite clear now that one of the Hearts fans I speak to, obviously regularly, and he would put up exactly what Obsessed his thoughts mate. were. Uh, he he said exactly like sort of what he thoughts are and, and a lot of it was fair, but I just think that um Nielsen did have some sort of control over it and I think like tactically um like you could have brought when you're talking about um the idea of they'd have to play maybe an extra half an hour when they don't want them to for this half an hour. But there that's a, that that can also swing the other way with Nielsen in the fact that when he brings Halliday on for Um, boy, so now we'd have started Halliday to be honest. Because he would have had he's got legs, he's got aggression, he was highly motivated, I imagine, for this game. We're getting
1: to the sort of the twilight of his career. If I'm not mistaken, he might have been another one that was coming back from injury. He certainly was injured not that long ago. Half honestly, half our half our squad has been recently. And that has to be taken into consideration. But again, for that,
0: that's such a negative substitution. I get that if see if the game's going to penalties, I get that. But at that time when it's 75 minutes you're actually making a sub for 45 minutes and that's what you're actually what hearts are playing for at that time it's been decided so I just thought it's not just the the the, the tactics there it's like the the energy that gives to the opposition the fans it's like, that says a huge amount in, in that one in that one moment and I think every and it just the inevitable just seemed to be that Rangers will eventually score with hearts and I just think at that time you have to gamble on and this is very easy for me to say, you have to gamble on what you have, and you have Woodburn, and, and he can play in a more advanced role, he does have a touch, he does have awareness, he could release Gianelli for a goal, if, if you understand what I mean, and, and allow, because Ginelli we couldn't get him into the game at all, and he was, we all thought would be quite key, even though he's not been particularly good, just in in sort of previous Hearts games, ginelli has been used relatively well, in some of the games against the old firm, Um so, so yeah, I just think that there, there was there was things he could have done. I think in, in the main one is, I just think he could have done it all more in stages. And you see teams do it all again. They do it for 15 minutes, then it's sit right in, regroup, come again, again for fifty minutes. Rather than it just, he went for it in the first half and not getting there, there was seemed to be there was absolutely zero hope of Hearts ever getting anywhere near it. But as you say, those injuries have to be taken into to consideration, which maybe I wasn't previously.
1: Aye, aye. But at the same time, Rangers didn't have any strikers, and they played in a European Cup final and gave it their all for extra time and penalties. And I mean, the amount that just feels like it, was the, you... it exactly, was the best
0: opportunity. It was the best opportunity for Hearts to do it, and I felt he'd done. And he, and, he, and he went, he went to what Nielsen sort of. I, I, I don't want to get into this thing about criticizing Nielsen because Nielsen's done a fucking incredible job twice for Hearts on two separate occasions. His win he, percentage is good, incredible yeah he's done an incredible job but it's like the the things he always gets criticized for the like the little things get criticized for it reared its head again and it reared its head in, in probably what was possibly going to be Hart's best opportunity of giving the old firm a real tough test in a, in a cup final because as i said on the preview pod i'm getting very worried about how much further away that they're going to get and these days are going to get they're already fucking hugely difficult,
1: and they're going to become more and more
0: and more impossible as as, as the
1: years go on. We uh, we're getting our million soon as well, Tony. So we'll be it's a big. It's a big remember, uh, RCC said it's the big three now. So taking his word for <laughs>
0: it, you'll get your four million, and they'll get their twenty odd, and then <laughs> yeah. they'll get their fifty thousand season ticket orders, and you'll get your fourteen, uh, and yeah, you'll catch
1: right up. <laughs> But, I mean, um, fair, fair play to Rangers. Um, I was kind yeah. of just talked about Hearts' failings there, but um, they, as we've said a couple of times, they, what they went through in the in the build-up to the game wasn't ideal preparation. They got another mammoth performance at Abassi two two absolutely amazing performances in a, in a few days of each other in two finals. I mean, we, four I mean, hours. That, I mean, exactly <laughs> four I mean, hours that, of football. <laughs> that's got to have alerted. I mean, I I wouldn't have said going into the summer that I mean Bassi's had a very good season. We've spoke about we we've given Bassi a lot of praise on this pod, but I mean I wouldn't have said going into the summer that I thought that there would be other teams sniffing around unnecessarily. But when I mean that's got to have alerted teams. That I mean that yeah. he, 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 I mean that's the biggest stage um, and the Europa League Cup final. Hey. Um, mm-hmm. He, I, I, my shit joke. I've lost my train of thought now. Oh yeah, so, <laughs> so, uh, Rangers. They, I mean, they weathered the early storm. They took a grip of the game. They brought on the right substitutions at the right time, and they dealt with hearts aimlessly. Well, not even aimlessly. Just constantly. Pumping up the Sims and then him aimlessly flicking it on, or like nobody getting close enough to him to get on the end of it. The amount of times I saw that in the second half, it was so frustrating. Because um, in yeah. the first
0: half, Sims was, Sims was really really good, and he was having, and he, ah, was he, was he was running along that what what he, what I love that Sims does, and I see him do it every time. He goes along the backline, he goes he goes ahead and bullies everyone. <laughs> so it's not just he doesn't just focus on one player. He, he like goes around and it's like he wants to make sure every single player. Is gonna get is gonna have a problem with him, and he's a handful. But, and it also means that he can give options to all the players at different parts of the pitch as as a target. So he was superb, but then he but got hung second I
1: I think Mackay severely dropped out the game after halftime, mm. and he lost a lot when Boyce went off because he's had a fantastic mm. partnership with uh, with mm-hmm. with Boyce. But then um, Scott Wright, who has had a very had a very weird season scott Wright. i Doesn't mean there's, that, time, yeah. there's there's been times where it's looked like he's definitely not going to make the grade and then there's other times where it's been like oh he's a decent squad player and now he's just been an essential part of the of of one season of the most historic uh, run-ins yeah um he seemed yeah. to become a a really key player there and especially over the the last few matches where he he started um as one of the front three in the in the final and then he comes on and in, in the semi-final,
0: and- both legs in in Europe, he started. Yeah,
1: he started those
0: as well, and he got an assist for Kamara's goal with a lovely back heel. And um, yeah, I, I think he deserves a lot of credit. And he's clearly got GV, well, Van course trust now. So you're, you're looking into him next season. Definitely, like I'm, he's not going to be the main man, but he's definitely going to be part of the squad regularly. He'll, he'll be playing thirty plus games next season. He will.
1: Yeah, exactly. So at the very least, he'll be like a, a, a rotation player for domestic matches, for for league matches on a a Saturday or a Sunday, depending on which uh, European competition they end up in.
0: Um, yeah, but back to back to Bassi. It's like now, if you've been watching, as you're saying about alerting scouts, if you've been watching him there, it's like you're, the combination of everything playing under pressure. Um, showing the fitness, so showing all the physical sides of it, being able to take responsibility, showing how much he can recover. I mean, I mean, in the Europa League, finally made like a huge mistake, and he got back to cover for it. And in this game, he saw, of, and then he's moving from centre half to left back over over those two games, and having equally as good games in both. And it's and then so like you're. you're You've got the mentality, the physicals, the actual ability, the ability to play in multiple positions. You start if you're a coach, you are like, well, that's fucking great <laughs> if, if you can just do absolutely everything. So I mean, you, you're, you're spot on. You can't imagine it. People, not just in the UK, there would have been people springing up everywhere thinking, exactly, wow, what can we do? What what can we do with him? I mean, other. Other p- performers in the game, the best performer, I thought John Suter was was superb for I for Hearts, and I mean, what for a, from a Rangers point of view, um, they they seem to get they got a lot of joy down the wings, but they weren't really able to take any advantage of it, and that's again Suter, Cal Kit, and Kingsley done done really well to deal with that because the 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 wing backs for Hearts, Craig, they didn't they didn't get a lot of joy against Diallo and, and Kent,
1: we. It's like we allowed them to have the wings, so we played a f- five-two-three, so the the midfield could only do so much shuttling, um, and we had the three centre halves, which I think the idea was they'll deal with anything that comes in because we allowed so many one-on-ones um, with Kent up against Atkinson and Tav. Up against um, Cochrane, and Cochrane was having a torrid time in the first half. He mm. was looking; he was getting to the stage where it was like we're going to have to take this guy off before uh, before his career's damaged. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, it's like we allowed that, and that I think that was one of the things that was so disappointing as well is that we played such a defensive system. I mean, I know we went at them, but we were definitely set up to be a flat back five when we needed to be, and we were for mm. long spells. But we still gave up that sitter for Jallo. Uh, just at the stroke of half time, he's got to score that. Um, I think Aribo had a s- similar one. Would that have been an absolutely? A st- yeah, was that the first half? Of it was extra all time? it was all
0: headed, It was all free headed Very very similar chance, but I'm, it was at the same yeah, end.
1: Yeah. But it was later, so I'm thinking it might have been the first yeah. half of extra time. Um, there was the absolute wonder save from uh, Aribo the, uh, from. Uh, yeah, from Gordon, from a with his with his, uh, mm-hmm. with his foot, like the hair in his pomp, um, mm-hmm. and so so my point is, yeah, we didn't even restrict them that much, really. So mm-hmm. aye, it was a, it, so like I it was a, you it can, was a you can weird decision to just let them have the wings, basically, because we saw that the the, the crosses that Bassey and Kent were putting in were were pretty good. You can yeah, you can
0: over egg just cause you got to 90 minutes with no no, you can over-egg how good the rear guard action actually is. I know what you mean because, and that's something we're all guilty of. You see it and you think, oh, they must've done brilliant. But as you're saying, sometimes it's just, yeah, it's just like purely just because another other teams maybe being a bit wasteful and you always need a little bit of luck. And again, this is, there's, this, there's a middle ground here, I think with, with talking about hearts and I'm going to come and talk a bit more about Ranger second between, Nielsen doesn't need to be fucking castrated and and like sort of held up and and heavily, heavily criticised. But as I said, you don't absolve everyone of blame. There is a middle ground where you go, great season for hearts, elements of the game plan uh, seem smart and could have worked, but there's also clear criticisms that you can make in the style, in the approach, decisions at different parts of the game. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think if you're able to have sort of an intelligent sort of debate about it without always there doesn't have to be one or the other all the time. it doesn't have to be the feast or famine you can just talk about how sort of Nielsen and Hearts sort of approached the game overall and that just as my main one is I always just felt like he just went for it so so and just there was not nothing left in the tank and that's why I was of the opinion that I would have left Devlin I would that would have been the guy I would have went for because I thought Halliday could have done a bit and Halliday would have given you the same so sort of, press it not to the same level of course I mean Devlin is possibly the best one of the best pressers of the ball in the league and, and sort of tackling wise in terms of gaining momentum but just Hearts needed to have something up their sleeve for another period of the game in case the the game plan of getting a goal or two ahead in the first half didn't work and I felt he just once that didn't happen you just like well what's, what's the plan now there's no way of being able to go again they look tired and I think but again you you will always need luck um in, in, in a cup final against the old firm but as you say just just it just petered out so much for hearts it just seems it just it was really frustrating
1: It certainly would have been interesting if hearts would have had the chance to play even with that eleven, but with them all fully fit it definitely would have been yeah. a, an interesting game, but at the same time you could say that if Rangers had. Morelos or even a fully fit Ruth to choose from then they'd probably win that game very easily as well I mean especially Morelos Could be sitting here with a double if they had
0: Morelos or Ruth Yeah, Yeah. Uh, I think it's pretty fair to say Um, I mean Ryan Jack, uh, Craig, as you you were talking about comes off the pitch in the Europa League final and Rangers definitely take a dip Uh, after that period and he comes on here and he has an absolutely massive impact. Um,
1: if that, is this Jack back to his best now? From his injury? I mean, from honestly, I mean I I've not I'm not I've not seen him every week, is what I'm trying to say, is the mumbling that I'm making. But um From what I have seen, I don't really I've never really seen his performance drop that much. I mean he's had <laughs> Troubles with injuries recently And he's been mm-hmm. in and out And there's clearly been fitness issues and stuff But even even when he's making his way back And he's getting half an hour and stuff I, 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 I never really look at Jack And think he's had a, a poor performance I mean the Rangers fans won't like me saying this We're going to talk about the Scotland squad On the Patreon later But that mm-hmm. is very exciting for Scotland Because if we're not going to have Gilmore, then he is the 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 perfect player to come in to replace him. The relationship that him and Callum McGregor have had in the past has been very good. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I just think it's I just think it's Ryan Jack. He's just a very good player, and, and you, <laughs> yeah. he, we just don't seem to have another another player like him. And and that's the thing as well. I mean, that's what I was going to say. With uh, lost my train thought a wee bit again there. But um, even if Gilmore is fit, then having we well, Jack played five for, bloody games, for um, so. <laughs> For competition and because he's, he's a different player. We just we just don't have another player like Jack and we, he's probably... I don't know, that was a rambling nonsense. I'm sorry, Ryan Jack. No, no, but no. I'm no, just trying to say just, I really like you. <laughs> ah,
0: he's, just, he's just a defensive midfielder who plays forward uh, and they, they're quite hard to come by, man. I mean, you, you've got guys who can be great at tackling and they pass sideways and backwards as the things that get criticised about them. But Jack has all the physicals, um, can screen, can do the interceptions and then also when he gets on the ball, he's able to drive, he can dribble a bit and then he can play forward. Um, So it just, he is, he's a complete unique player and and, uh, he's actually a unique Scottish player at at the moment. There doesn't seem to be anyone else that's, and he would really like him. And, and he was and he had such a massive impact on the game. And for the two Aberdeen boys to come on and, and do that for Rangers, I think that's big. It's big for them. And it's also big for, obviously, like for Van Bronckhorst coming in and these types of sign-ins. It shows that like guys that we bring through can't, they they always used to always think about it, that they always go to Rangers to sit on the bench and go to Celtic to sit on the bench, these young Scottish players that we end up bringing through. But we're starting to see that. I think that these guys that are being produced by the other teams in the league, they're not just being assigned to weekend, they are actually can go on to be really solid, solid, good players for, for Rangers and Celtic, which is which is exciting for everyone and it means that we can push to... If Rangers Celtic are going to have all this money, then you'll have to. If you want the players, then they're, we're now proven. Uh, we'll need to take some of that money off you now, and not the 1.25 million that always seems to cost for every single player, regardless of of ability. <laughs> if it's coming from another, if it's coming from a, another Scottish team, um, but yeah, the, the fitness levels at Rangers for the for maybe the third or fourth time this season, uh, they deserve so much credit for it. It's but really, really impressive. The one that they have done against Celtic, and then they've done it. They've done it against the two best teams in the league that they could possibly play. They had the worst situation, the worst scenario, really, for playing them both. So both Celtic and Hearts are sitting there thinking this is the best op- opportunity to play them, especially if we can take it later. And both times they've they've come back stronger, and that's the not just Van Bronkos, not just Gerard, but the club as a whole has to take, the football side as a whole needs to take like a massive amount of credit for that because it was, it's eye-opening because everyone fancies Celtic, especially in that semi-final.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's one of the defences for Hearts here is mm-hmm. that they did, it, they did it to Celtic. I mean, the only difference is that they won the game before they played Celtic and they lost the game before they played Hearts. Mm-hmm. So you could say that the morale was maybe a bit Lower so that that gave Hearts an extra advantage. But yeah, I mean, it is a it is a sort of ample defence that they they beat. Of, I mean, that was Celtic's first domestic defeat in thirty odd matches. I think that match yeah, was. Yeah. I can't I can't remember exactly the, the the number, but yeah. Ultimately, it was a why they ended up champions in the end. So yeah, I think th- this Rangers team has been. I suppose one of the reasons I've been I was so disappointed with this game is because in my head. This season, and even before, uh, I was going to say last season, but not last season, the, the Gerrard seasons before that, Rangers have been a really sort of, there's been two different Rangers. And I don't mean mm. that, I'm not getting into that debate, Tony. I'm No, no, not no exactly, I'm I know here. exactly where you're going here. Yeah, I know exactly but where you're going There's here. the European Rangers where they just seem to find this other level and everybody seems to... Play to the performance uh, that they that they've been signed for, or that they, they sometimes above that, and then there's the domestic rangers. And I thought we were going to be playing. Well, I suppose we did play the domestic rangers. They weren't exactly great, were they? They I mean they stepped up a gear yep. when they had to later on in the match. But um yeah, another rambling nonsense. I'm sorry, Tony. <laughs> not, not at all. I'm uh, not I'm probably not going to get paid for this now. <laughs> Well, Fowler
0: would just be unhappy because you've criticised Hearts in some shape or form. Um, what's the? But the, I suppose the, the the door here for Rangers is I, I've got a feeling this is the 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 end of this team and it's sort of its core, the core that we've had maybe Rangers have had over the last three or four years that, that culminated in the in the Europa League final, especially is sort of like I know it sounds silly because they stopped the ten, but seeing this team grow, a lot of the core players have shown improvement season by season and then didn't even skip a beat when they moved the manager moved, they were able to keep that that going, but I mean Rangers fans might not like me saying this, but you're starting to feel like there's a high chance you're seeing Kent Aribo. See, I was gonna ask a question and you mentioned them.
1: Well Golden's definitely away, but Kent is it is it have Rangers had enough from Kent? this season and there, should Rangers persist with Kent assuming he wants to stay and nobody comes in for him because he's another one who's had a bit of a weird season right, he's, yes, definitely. There, there's moments where he's been where, where he, he takes it to levels where he's clearly one of the best players in the league and he's and he's he's showing that on and he's, he's on a par with quite a lot of people in Europe and things like that as well I mean he steps it up but I don't remember him doing much in the in the final there and, and there's been lots of other games where he's just not shown up and there's been large stretches of the season where he's really I mean his numbers haven't been that good for a start. And I'm not and for not a start saying that he's not been uh Good. Uh good, yeah, but he, it's yeah. just like for for what they signed him for and for what leads were gonna pay for him and, his, his clear and what potential. You know he's he's clearly. Exactly. Yeah. I I just um I, I wonder whether Rangers and him, it could come down to his, his decision as well. I wonder whether they will persist with that.
0: Because there's, there's some things like, um, Kent's always good to have. This is something I want to make clear here. We're going to have a little tiny bit. Kent's always good to have because he's a brilliant ball carrier. He's always an out ball. But, they shoot, they, but when a guy of his absolute ability, that becomes like just expected, so you ignore it. So like, you know, like when, 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 when I'm used, I'll use just because he also played for Rangers and, and Hibs and stuff, Brandon Barker, for example, I used to defend him and his final ball and stuff because I'd be like, well, he's not really the finished article, but it's not really, but at Hibs, when he was at Hibs, I'm like, ah, he's bringing a lot to the party because he's carrying that ball 20, 30 yards. He allows Hibs to keep real pressure and momentum against teams all the time because it was just another way Hibs could either play a big switch out to Boyle who could carry it, they could play through the midfield to McGeoch and McGinn or they could go into... But, so there was just all these different ways of Hibs carrying the ball through the pitch which means that you keep momentum, you put pressure on. So even if one of those players isn't the best at the final ball, they still have a very big part to play in, in, in the team's sort of style. Whereas with you don't really want to just. I feel like I'd be damning him with faint praise with, with, with shit like that, saying how good he'd be at carrying the ball, how good he'd be at getting Rangers up the pitch and all that. Because there's a whole other level to Kent where he should be absolutely tearing teams to shreds. He's shown he's got a good final ball at times. I mean, in Europe, he's especially the knockouts. He's, he's he really looks like the 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 motivation really comes into him there, and, and and he's tearing tearing like big fullbacks, good players to to absolute bits, and they look terrified. So you start to wonder about motivation. I, 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 that's that's where I start to lean towards when it comes to that. That he feels like, especially one of those players, maybe after the ten, felt like that was job done at Rangers. And he was probably looking to move, but then he managed to get that that jump starting him again because a European run came and you were able to see what you know of Kent. So that's I've got that feeling that he was maybe his head was in a bit of a spin, and he was the only way he was ever really truly able to focus himself to the levels he needs to to be like the end product on top of everything else, would be in Europe. And I just think it would probably be smart as well for Rangers to, to maybe cut ties because you can still get a really high... That, that performance in Dortmund alone has put his ceiling... People's, I've noticed how high his ceiling is and how much money rating people would probably blow quite a lot on that because the style that Kent plays, and I said this on the Winger's Pod... That ability to just stop dead and then score at full pelt and acceleration, that's that's not a, that's not just a given of a attribute that wingers have. They're actually talking about it's a small amount of players in every league that can actually do that. And here, it's quite sh- weird in Scotland that we've actually got Joe and Kent who can do that. Um, but so if I was Rangers, yeah, I probably would and cut McCoy. my, not cut my losses, but I just think, Balancing it all out, if you can get a good offer, I would do it. And they'll need to make money for for Van Bronckhorst. He's not had a summer yet. He's obviously going to have his own ideas. Um, So I think that, I just think this was probably, if you're of a Rangers persuasion and a lot of those players, it's really, it was probably a really nice trophy to win there, just to to top off. Because I've just got a strong feeling that it's going to be pretty much uh, maybe five, six core big players. That, that that are going to leave right now
1: i don't know if you agree no no i, I think you're right i mean we already, we've already seen a few confirmed I mentioned goalston earlier that's all but confirmed uh, alan mcgregor that looks like that mm. could be done um oh god no no I feel, I feel on the spot we mentioned we mentioned Kent yeah well rebo yeah you wondered whether people will come in for for him now or or whether it's another season I just get the feeling that even though it's a Champions League next season and it's not something that they
0: have done, I've just got a feeling that a lot of these guys can't. will really start thinking that they hit the pinnacle with Rangers in that you know, League yeah. final, and that won't be revisited. And they're all of a good age; they've all given good service to Rangers as well. It's not like they're 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 walking at the first sign. I just think a lot of them with their agents would just. I just get the feeling that they would pull the angle.
1: Yeah, for, I for, would for moves uh, a bit now. I would say that more about Kent than I would about Eribo just because there were people sniffing about already. Kent before. But whereas Eribo, yeah. I mean, and I'm just speculating here because I, but Eribo looks like the, the, the kind of signing to me. I mean, they would have with Kent as well, but I, they've probably got a timeline for Eribo. They've probably said, come up here, play here for X amount, and then we'll, okay. I mean, English clubs will want you or, or whatever. That's how you and, persuade and these guys to come and whether period. that window open, yeah exactly and whether that window mm. opens this summer or whether their timeline is January or or the next summer yeah. I don't know but it, it definitely looks like the kind of one where they would have said like, come up here as a kind of platform and then because yes yeah, definitely someday, po- and he's done it on the big stage as well mm, that's definitely a decent point about the sort of January
0: thing they might look to ask a couple of these guys just to allow that the new sign-ins to bed in that they're obviously the Rangers are going to make seven or eight I'm assuming pretty big sign-ins and if they if they make the champions, you know, I mean, there's money there for both Rangers and Celtic. They are both going to strongly invest because they need to win the leagues. And this is the time of your Rangers and Celtic to try and take a stranglehold because as long as the, well, the European runs are going well, that's the time that you can, you can create dynasties and, and you can get good players to come in. It's the time to invest. So, um, it'll be, I think actually, as an aside, next summer is going to be in terms of money spent. Uh, and the amount of players coming in. I think we could be in for one of the most bonkers summers on record because Hearts are going to spend, obviously, because they've got a guarantee of a windfall uh, of money. Obviously, Rangers and Celtic made huge amounts of money with uh, Celtic being guaranteed in the Champions League. Rangers could well make the Champions League. They've also had that European run there. That must have made them a fortune, all things considered. Rangers can make a lot of money from player sales as well. So... There's going to be a big spend in there, and then I think that Hibs and Aberdeen, cause they were so shit last season, and because I don't think the Yank owners quite know what they're doing, I think that they're just going to go. Well, I think we'll open, we'll spend money on we'll players. We'll throw some money they're at both, it, yeah. yeah, like that's what that's what Americans do. That's the kind of the way that the way of life over there. So I get the feeling that. So I'm getting a feeling that the sort of even the bigger clubs in the league are going to like go go for it a bit for maybe the most we've seen since the since the Satanta days maybe or like the early 2000s so um, whether that is good or not it's, 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 I'm not here speculating on that or anyone's going to spend this money well but um, it'll be I think we're in for a very interesting summer as a, as a fan for like your your gossip
1: columns are going to be bouncing I think just over the next few years I think it's going to be quite exciting to see where Scottish football goes because I think that there's a real chance for, and I mean mainly Rangers and Celtic here, obviously, but there's a real chance for Scottish clubs to establish themselves as regulars in group stages here now. Mm-hmm. Um, th- there's a there's a good mood around the country about the game and the national, the national team, team and and mm-hmm. and the. Aye. I mean, I know it wasn't the best domestic league last season, but I think that all kind of feeds down as well. That has a knock on effect to the sign ins that come to other teams in the league because they see Rangers in a Europa League final or they see them beating Mm. Dortmund and that kind of thing. So it will be good to see if Scottish clubs. And I mean that, and I mean as well as that, a Hearts or an Aberdeen or a Hibs every season as well. uh, Obviously, being in group stages and. Getting famous victories and all that kind of stuff. Uh, hopefully it's, yeah, hopefully it's the start of a new era in European mm. football for yeah. for Scottish clubs.
0: Yeah, that would be it. Would be fun because I'm desperate for the trips. I missed them. Hibs have had a few in recent times, but I was away, so I missed the sort of the, the fun ones to Bromby and to Greece, where there was actually some success. In these, in these not just the trips, there was actually some success at the back of them. So I uh, fingers crossed we can all get a, a, a cut of the pie and at least. Uh, Get a day out in a square. That's all really it, it, fans of our clubs. That's that's our pinnacle. We're not going to win it. So it's how many times can I go into a European square with a retro strip on? It's a bit long <laughs> shot of uh, my my dreams in European football. Um, but talking of dreams, I think we can move on now, Craig. I mean, congratulate. It's weirdly enough, like it's like there's three teams in Scotland that are all going to be pretty happy with their season, which I think's relatively unusual because um, Rangers will still be ultimately happy Hearts will be happy because you look at the circumstances as well and obviously Celtic uh, brilliant season and again their circumstance they all sort of had now I'm, I'm going again but they all had quite unique circumstances for them the Rangers lost a manager mid-season um, Celtic were recovering from their sort of only woeful season there's been in a long long time and then Hearts obviously were rebuilding an entire team, well, mate, a, a lot of a team, and getting the football inside sorted, and obviously being promoted. So it was the, all of them sort of done well with a bit of adversity in there. It's not that none of, I don't think it really came easy to any of the clubs. So congratulations to them, and that'll be the last time you'll be hearing that for a while. Um,
1: let's talk <laughs> about the good guys, Craig. Why do we do that? We'll do it after this. <laughs> yeah. Got to put that ad in somewhere, and that gives me a wee edit. Right, so, Lee Johnson has been unveiled as the Hibs' manager. Their third manager in the last nine months. I didn't obviously didn't look this up, but is that about right?
0: Yeah, sounds about right to me. Probably fourth if you're going to count David Gray.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're not counting him. He's, he's just doing his wee interim thing. Oh, well, you nearly won so, a bloody cup. You nearly won a bloody cup as a manager, remember? <laughs> so... The last time Hibs were looking for a manager They wanted Alex Neil The Hibs fans weren't looking for a manager last time Hibs were looking for a manager The fans wanted Alex Neil They got Sean Maloney (laughs) Sunderland got Alex Neil Now Hibs need a manager again Who have they got? They've got the guy that Alex Neil's just replaced How are you feeling about the appointment? Did I even say his name? It's Lee Johnson. Everybody knows who it Lee, is.
0: I think everyone knows it. They can't see him it, because he's too small, but everyone knows who it. Is. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, they've gone. They've gone like three inches higher for their manager this time. Three inches yeah. taller.
0: Um, right. I think there's a. I'd like to say that I think Hibbs handled it quite shit. I'm going to guess that um, that it was the the club was leaking the stuff about. Dal thomason so these things don't come out by accident i mean you'll know as a journalist sure so anyone could tell you that it's all controlled people know on the whole know what they're what they're doing when it when it gets out to the degree the stuff about yondal thomason is a, is a name and they've basically put themselves into a position where that in the fans eyes that was the only thing that was going to be good enough um which I, and and I feel like they have put Lee Johnson on the back foot instantly, even though it sounds like the hierarchy were impressed with Johnson. Whether we we want whether we care about what the hierarchy think of him's that's another discussion. But they sound like they were pretty impressed. I mean Johnson's CVs relatively mixed, but I don't think it's anything that should raise eyebrows in terms of sheer disappointment coming into Scottish football. Well, Lee I mean, I, I use I'll use McInnes, Nielsen, and Ross as sort of the, the, the best examples. They're the three last three managers that have finished third in the in the Scottish top flight and they've all failed pretty miserably down south uh, in management jobs where Johnson does have some success. That doesn't mean that he's going to be a success, but I mean, going to, the positions, the CV that he's got, it's not outrageous for Hibs to have a manager with that background. He's had success. Bristol City's promotions, he's kept the team in the championship that was unfancied. At Sunderland even, he, he had quite a lot of them on side by the looks of things. He played good football. I mean he was sacked. They were third with two points behind. Even over the 6 0 defeat for Bolton. It does I'm not going to overly defend because it means that starts to speak to that was a team that was maybe about to flip over and capsize. So I don't without knowing too much. I don't want to sort of overly defend something that I don't have enough knowledge on. In terms of Can, for I, can Hibs, I add to I, that?
1: I, can I just add something yeah. in there? Then? I listened to a podcast, Hibs talk, the other day, and they mm-hmm. had—I'm not going to remember the guy's name—but they had like a Sunderland, Sunderland guy, local yeah, yeah. journalist, yeah, the S- Sunderland Echo, I think. Uh, and he was saying that his nickname, Streaky Johnson, or something like that, because mm-hmm. he seems to. And I thought he's going to fit in perfect up here. That's what like every manager has uh, been like here yeah. this season. <laughs> uh, St Mirren. Um, who, there's like three or four clubs that have gone on streaks of being amazing for like 12 matches and then not winning uh, for 10 uh, yeah Motherwell Dundee United St. Mirren. so I was like yeah, he's going to be perfect up here. but yeah it seemed to be that that was at the end of a another bad streak of results if I'm remembering mm-hmm. correctly so it seemed to be that not only I think was it a of streak- run of results it was like it was one of those ones that does end management careers basically or not careers yeah, but six, management six, is, no, spells. Yeah. So
0: especially I think he'd been on a really good run, so they'd got themselves in a really good position and he dropped to third with two points behind because they'd been on a, a, a run and Sunderland probably panicked. They would now turn around and said that was the right thing to do. I mean, they, they managed to make the championship, uh, but that nearly went really badly for them because the, 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 the guy came in, the caretaker, and they dropped into like 10th. So it nearly really went badly and then they just got the Alex Neal, who, I mean, anyone who knows me knows I'll blow the Alex Neal trumpet till I'm blue in the face. He's a manager I love. I love the simplicity of him. He's the kind of guy that he strikes me as he talks to you properly and he would run through a brick wall. You would want to run through a brick wall. He doesn't overly, he doesn't overly make it too complicated football but he also doesn't overly simplify it. I think he's got an understanding of tactics without it being sort of ridiculous and confusing people. I think he's like, Alex Neal strikes me as like the perfect blend of what traditionally I would say what a good British manager is. Alex he always really strikes me as that, so I always think he would do fucking great in in the Scottish top five. That's why I was really excited about getting him in and obviously how he does pretty consistently well um, in the English lower leagues. But, um, but with Johnson, yeah, I think a lot of it would speak to what Hibs fans would normally want from like There's the style of football that I've heard everyone say, so I just feel like he's been put in a pretty shit position from Hibs and... He, I think, as from from my point of view, he's not inspiring me, but he's not making me angry. I'm happy to see to see how it goes, and I, I can I can see the pros and cons of of all of it for for Johnson. And he, I think the things that I might not like is the sort of David Brent management speak that I can see he's coming into that comes into him a bit. Um, he he likes to he, he's, he's one of those guys who wants to come across as sort of uneducated of the game. And, and he, you know, attempt to do that, and I've, I'm sure people saw on Twitter his little thing with bomb alley and all that stuff on the that that was apparently completely made by him. It is written by him that uh, the the corridor of uncertainty, you know, where he broke the pitch down in different it areas. Was slightly of what different, you want. though.
1: It wasn't the corridor of uncertainty. It was something different. It was, it was corridor of something else. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah.
0: So like, so like. There'd be bits like that that I'm a bit like mm, when it starts to, if it starts to go wrong that'll fucking grate me and I know it won't only grate on me it'll grate on the fans.
1: What about here something which I'm guessing will be an issue for at least a few people? But does it matter that he has a Hearts connection? He, to, he was an ex-Hearts player. I mean, and he must be the first Hibs manager that's played for Hearts before. Well,
0: yeah, I would I would think so. I mean, we have had Hearts. I mean, Billy Brown was even a fucking Ibsen for, for Yeah, he's period. way more he's, hearts like, than Lee Johnson. And he's, he's as fucking hearts as a gex, really. He's like he's like hearts, tra- traditional hearts personified. Um, yeah. So I don't think, again, it won't be an... Johnson must have played, what, five games for hearts or something? It really must have been. Aye, it really was as game. well. I mean, he, he
1: looked like he was a decent B player, but um, he just came in. He was one of the 11 that was signed in the same window. And yeah. I it was, it was just... I'm, we had about forty odd first team players, and he, he got <laughs> yeah. a few. I remember he got a few. Chance, I'm sure he scored in a derby, actually. But he um, he he looked like a good player, but he was. Course, I don't remember a hard strip. It means he scored in a derby. Oh yeah, I don't, <laughs> him, uh,
0: I don't remember him.
1: I don't remember him. I don't remember being terrible, but I don't remember him getting a run in the team. I remember him being pretty decent, and but I don't remember him playing that many matches. It's more of a problem that he's bringing in Jay McAllister, his assistant, who played a lot
0: for Hearts and also scored the winning goal in a, in a cup but, final um, for a living.
1: Sorry, Rob and I have been doing a Romanov podcast recently, going through all the signings that we made in the Romanov era. And Christ, where would you find the time? Oh, God, it, took me, it, took, it took me absolutely ages to do the, the, yeah, the prep for it. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> how many players? Although like at the start there's tons and tons and then by the time you <laughs> yeah. get to twenty eleven it's just like in twenty twelve it's like Paul McMullen and Yeah. Um what what was I saying? Uh, uh yeah, and the amount of players that we have we've looked up how many games they played and the amount that five, six, seven matches, it's yeah. unbelievable. And, and uh, I he was one of them. But I interrupted what you were saying to No no give I just, you a I shit I so that, I'm sorry
0: certainly, it certainly won't be a problem for me I don't, it doesn't bother me in the slightest really that he played a couple of games for Hearts <laughs> especially in that era <laughs> at all I mean I barely remember him doing it it's one of those things that um, if it starts to go shit it'll be used as a stick to beat him with and also Hearts will just people will get noised up by Hearts fans saying Agent Johnson uh, blah 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 that's the bit that'll end that'll, people with Thin skins, which is a lot of football fans, especially ones that seem to uh, raise their head on Twitter. But so, so it could, it could end up being used against them, But I don't think it's going to make him break him at all. Um, if he starts doing well, I don't, anyone will give will care fucking less. Um, he's been given a four year deal so he's been given a lot of back, in, even though like I always say people always use again something else use, use the sticks to beat people there'll be break clauses all over that like there always is with, with managers Hibs will be able to break and pay them for six months if they pay them in the first year and there'll be stuff like that all over it so that doesn't really perform me performance like as well yeah
1: that,
0: yeah it'll be all that so I, I, yeah. that doesn't bother me and it means that if he is good then we do have a manager solid for, for a while and He's been down south for a while. He's had mixed results at times. So the one thing I do like is that I don't think he'd be on the first bus back down south at the first like English chairman to flash him a bit of leg, which is always a possibility with these ones because he's had a he's had a pretty he's had a he's had a career down there already. It's not he's All coming right. up here. He could probably get a job down there at some level now. So I'm think he's coming up here because he probably fancies a Hibs job and it is a decent job as you were saying earlier about Europe the opportunities now for, for Scottish clubs will put a glint in managers eyes as well Of what you can what you can do and um, Hibs Aberdeen Hearts it's, it's very possible to to get yourself playing, managing in big matches that are sort of don't get forgotten about like if you're Bristol City managing in the middle of League One. I mean, the money might be all right, uh, but I mean, it doesn't, have the, it doesn't have the same prestige, whether they like it or not, the English fans down south, it doesn't, than playing European games or playing cup finals in Scotland or playing in derbies. I, I, one thing I loved about Johnson is he mentioned derbies are the big reason he came and that they're not just another game and because he said he missed it every club he went to, he never got the chance to manage in a derby. And I think that's important Hibs, like, I mean, you, i um, Hearts fans have always told me that Nielsen switched from first spell to second spell and the way he talks about Derby's pre match changed dramatically. And I do think there's, trying to keep the lid on it and all that, I just think it's pointless. The players are going to go out there and the f- crowd is fucking rocking. So the, the, they're going to go. No, it's a different game. The second they go out there, they're gonna uh, forget a lot yeah. of what's been said—ninety-nine percent, I, I believe—and they're gonna get carried away in it. So you're as well just building up to, like, to. Like, it is a massive game, and to have to really get into it and, and, and try and get the extra bit. And in Scotland, man, we play each other four times. So if you can get the good derby results, you've already got fucking nine, ten points in your pocket. You know, so like, it's, it's no, it's not like it's a bad way of dealing with it. Um, often, uh, so, often yeah. around
1: the same places in the league as well, which can be key.
0: Yeah, so they they are big. And they are bigger matches. I don't care what anyone's Of course they are. The fans care. If you finish sixth, but you win three derbies, you'll you'll get a lot more help than finishing sixth and losing two. Like, you know, like that's you'll get a lot more leeway and you'll probably get another year. So it it does matter. Um, Uh, But 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 overall... I
1: asked Sean Sean Dillon that in a podcast I did with him and Ali Heather a few months ago. And I, I can't remember exactly what the question was, but it was along the lines of... We hear a lot of cliches that any of them true or whatever. And he said that you do. Everybody says it's just another game and that, but he says it's not like it's not like that at all. I mean, everybody does get up for it in a different way that the the players as well. And you can't help but not when, especially in like a night game or a semi final or something, and the noise being made. I mean, yeah, exactly. You, you just can't not be um, moved to to a different kind of state by that.
0: All the cameras are there. Everyone in the street. You'll be getting interviews during the week. You're not getting people piling in for interviews when it's Hibson submitting. You know, like people are only. There's one guy that gets sent to it. But when it's Derby week, someone's probably going to speak to the media nearly every single day in the in the lead up, and you're sharing it. So you can't hide from it. So all in all, I don't have a problem with Lee Johnson. I can see the pros to it. I can see where it could work. I can see exactly where where what the thought process is. Uh, but again, I'm not going to pretend like I'm like, oh my fucking God, Lee Johnson's arrived. You know, it's not it's not what, that's not what, you know, I wasn't like overly inspired. Uh, and that's the, th- and, 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 and as a, to go back to my original point, I just think the Yon Dal Thomason thing, if there was truth, I think there was maybe a bit of truth in it. I don't think like, too many people ran with it for it not to be, and it lasted quite a while. Um, that would have been cool. I would have loved it um, for multiple reasons. Um, but I just, I think it was maybe, Quite we to, to, we clearly had John, the, the agreeing with Johnson and then still going for him and the fans getting excited thinking it was coming and waiting ages to announce Johnson it all just seemed a bit bit wrong, Gordon as I'm going to call it now. <laughs> now that we've had a, a year or two to, to get a grips with how with how he works, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I, could he be a success? Absolutely. I, I don't think it's, it's ridiculous to say that he, he, he has the he has the chops and he's got a CV that shows that he could build a decent team at Hibs.
1: Yeah, I was going to say that doesn't sound too different from what Hibs have been like for the last year or so. So, uh, yeah, I think um, I think we're about done there, Tony. So, I mean, you I, started it. Do you want to end it? Do you want to Do you want to see us out? I'll start. I'll fucking finish it. All right. <laughs> 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 yeah, what was uh, da- What was uh, Danny Dyer's thing uh, talking about when he met the Royals? I think they've done a. They're going to appear on EastEnders or something like that, and he said they've got proper mad faces when you see them up close. <laughs> Fucking Danny Dyer, man!
0: Uh, I love Danny Dyer. I do. Uh, if I, uh, the, the wall, which I watched, or I saw that quiz show he does. I've never seen a quiz show where the guy hosting
1: doesn't ask the questions. He just and so, is so angry with everything. <laughs> why, wait, wait. Just, if your one thing is to say drop it, why are you so angry? <laughs>
0: yeah, he just, yeah, he just and he argues with the wall, which is it's all good. I get it. It argues works. with it's the a, wall a the ones i thought but I just thought it was funny. Like, I mean, they filled him in; He doesn't even ask the fucking question. So great. Uh, but Dyer, Dyer Dyer, Dyer, people don't like it that he became self-aware, but I quite liked it. I mean, he, he knows how to play. He knows how to play the game uh, and, and that's fine. Um, I miss you, Dyer Dyer, just like I miss you, Alex Dyer. And thanks, everyone, for listening. <laughs> like, uh, Alex, what's the job that Alex Dyer's got now? He just got a new job, has he not? Yeah. He's, put, he's, he's with to Alan Papadieu. He's Alan Pardew in Sofia, and they lost the derby. I saw that on the news the other week. He got drafted in by Pardew, because Pardew was running. He was like the director of football at CSK Sofia, and then the manager got sacked, and he came in, and they got them to the cup final, and he drafted in Alex Dyer to do it, and it was all quite interesting. We were talking about the it's quite interesting, and Alex Dyer always come across as a good guy. But I I am very much digressing. Uh, Thanks, everyone, for supporting us, as always, and listening out. Uh, if you want to come listen to Patreon, me and Craig are going to talk about the Scotland squad. They got announced for the fucking 10 games that we're playing in June. And when did any of these players get a holiday? I don't really
1: know how it all works. But goodbye. Those were some tangents.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network.